Welcome to a new episode of the China Flexpat podcast. And this is Life in Shanghai with Bo Yang. He grew up in Shanghai and then went to Europe and the US and finally came back to China. And now we are meeting in Shanghai and it's really cool because he's helping international friends to better understand China and to prepare for tourism or visits to China. Welcome, Boyan. Thank you so much, Francis. It's great to see you again in Shanghai and glad to be on the show. My name is Boyan Shen. I'm a flexpat that has been traveling around the world for 12 years in total, in the United States, in France and in Germany. Amongst them, seven years of work experience in Germany, in the largest insurance company Allianz. And since the end of 2021, I moved back to Shanghai. And at the beginning of 2023, I started Glopen, a startup with the vision to discover the real China connecting the world. Why did you decide to go to Europe and the US in the first place? After my bachelor's in China, I had two options. I applied for universities uh, in US and in Europe. But at that time, I've already had three years of living experience in the US and I have been traveling a bit in US as well. So I thought I wanted to explore Europe more and to better understand the European culture. So when I got admitted to this program that allows me to study both in France and Germany and to experience that culture, it really attracted me. And why did you decide to come back to China? So that was two, two and a half years ago. There was a couple of reasons. I think we had to keep the balance in life. And at that time, that balance was leaning towards more to travel back to China. Uh, the specific reasons are family reasons first. Um, so at that time during COVID, um, I haven't met my parents for more than two years, so I really wanted to be closer to them. And also at that time during COVID, traveling was kind of limited in Europe. And the third reason was that I was at a stage in my career that I wanted to have a bit more development to learn more, as well as to keep working in the same motor insurance industry. And when I had the opportunity to come back to our Shanghai office of Allianz, I took the opportunity and uh, moved back to Shanghai with my family. And this is what many Haigui do, right? They go abroad, they stay there many years, and then they finally decide to come back to China. So what is the biggest challenge for Haigui? 20 years ago, if you come back to China with a foreign degree, you automatically get a good job. You know, nowadays you don't have that golden key, but it still shows that you have good education, you have a good understanding of the international norm. I think that is definitely valuable. But on the same time, you know, you lack the network in China. And some people say, you know, that is called the guanxi. And what would you say you learned most from your peers when you were living in the US and Europe? Uh, I'm a football fan. And within football, cooperation is the most important thing. It's more, even more important than your individual skills. And I think that is something that I really learned abroad. In China, the education system focuses a lot on competition. Individual competition, you have to be the best at school. If you are one point uh, lower than your competition, then sometimes you don't get into the best university. And that kind of fierce competition, I believe, is uh, different compared to uh, abroad when it's a lot about cooperation, especially 
when I was in business school, we had a lot of you know, case studies that you had to work together. And after uh, the courses, you also play sports together. So that, I think, is the most important thing I learned. So I'm from Germany, came to China. You're from China, came to Germany. So what's the key difference between China and Germany regarding working culture and values? When I started working in Germany, I was pretty shocked um, because at that time I had uh, six months internship experience in France. Uh, but when I started my first internship in BMW, I realized that people are way more structured and to a certain degree, too structured. I'll give you an example. Yeah, uh, when I started working in BMW, I realized that I had to make appointments with my colleagues in order to have a coffee, in order to have a lunch. If you don't have an appointment, you won't be able to have a lunch with your colleague. That is when I realized that this cultural difference is, is huge. I don't think that in, in any Chinese company that I know, you would make a lunch appointment one month in advance. You know, and translate that into work, I think it's also kind of different. In Germany, I would say there's a lot of things that are very structured, but on the other hand side, it's very difficult for a lot of Germans to be very agile. In, 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 in project management, you know, nowadays we often talk about, you know, we need to be agile, you need to have that agile mindset, but often this agile mindset is, is very difficult. Whereas in China, it's often very difficult to keep people structured. That is one of the biggest difference in terms of thinking long-term versus thinking about the efficiency as well as the immediate output. You know, when you have a few years experience uh, in German corporation, you automatically think about three years planning, five years planning. You always have this planning dialogue, no matter in which German, you know, large corporation. And that, I think, is something that is very different compared to in China. In China, corporates often do planning on a much shorter period. For example, you have OKR, and OKR is typically for three months uh, in large Chinese corporations. And I heard some tech companies uh, reduce their OKR period into two months in order to, you know, be as agile as possible. These are some of the differences that I have observed. So that's German quality, German planning, long time thinking and Chinese speed, right? So how can we apply these good sides of the German system to China? It's always important to, to keep the balance between, you know, long term planning and short term immediate results, as well as, you know, keeping the structure as versus having a certain agile mindset. That balance is really important. And in an international environment, I would say you need people that understands both sides of the world. When I was in Allianz, I had, you know, Chinese clients as well as, you know, international car manufacturers. While working with them, I realized that they were completely different. As I said, Chinese companies, they want a product within, say, two, three months. Whereas, you know, international car manufacturers, when we launch a new product, typically they say, you know, let's do it within six months or sometimes let's do it in 12 months. First of all, you need to understand how to communicate and manage the client expectation as well as keeping the balance with 
you know, between the client's expectation as well as your internal capacity because you're dealing with internal stakeholders within the company. You have the accounting department, you have the business development team, you have the IT team, and you need to make sure that all these teams can deliver the products within the time frame. Of course, you need to, you know, also manage the expectations with the clients as well. So a key thing about me being German that I'm very direct, right? And I like to plan, I like to discuss, and there are many conflicts. The key thing about Chinese is more harmony and also tinghua, right? Obedience. So what do you think, what is good about the two and how can you bridge this? I have experienced that specifically myself when I started working in a German corporate Exactly as you said, this directness was missing from me. You know, my mom would always tell me, you know, do what your boss tells you to do. It's not about what you think. Whereas my German line manager or my boss always wanted to hear my opinion. And he believes that he hires me because of my opinion, because of my suggestions, because of my ideas. At the beginning, you know, I had to find that balance and find the balance together with my line manager. And at a certain period or stage, my line manager realized that Boyan has great ideas. Sometimes when we are in meetings with clients, uh, he would pause a bit when he sees that I may want to talk. And then I realized that, okay, then I should start expressing my ideas. After a period that we worked together, we found that harmony. And we know when I should start talking and express my ideas directly towards my line manager or towards the client. And that is kind of different because in some Chinese corporates, you don't really talk or you especially don't interrupt when your boss is talking. Sometimes you need, let's say, a signal from your boss to, you know, ex start expressing your ideas. And when you talk about, you know, openness and direct, I sort of agree to that in China, especially between, you know, high level managers, when you negotiate with each other or even within the corporate, you don't typically, you know, disagree to each other directly. I mean, sometimes you don't agree with somebody, but you probably would not speak it out directly in front of a whole team or in front of the whole department. Whereas in Germany, you know, I've experienced a couple of times when, you know, two bosses on the same level would directly disagree with each other and express their thoughts and explain their ideas very directly. And sometimes it's quite heated discussions. I've seen that before myself, but I think at the end of the day, it's a different kind of culture. You need to understand that culture and try to really understand the underlying reasons behind it. What are the fundamental differences that people have? What are the fundamental, you know, business rationale behind the conversation? Sometimes, you know, in China, those kind of discussions happen on the dining table. Whereas in Germany, those kind of conversations can happen in the corporate boardroom or can also happen during lunches. You know, when you make an appointment with your colleague or with your boss, sometimes you use that kind of one-on-one -on -one opportunities to express your direct thoughts. 
It's the same for me because I work for a Chinese boss. I need to apply more harmony. It's very important and I, I can do that. I'm getting better at this, but it is very difficult to learn. So I think it's also very difficult for Hai Gui to learn this and to keep this once they go back to China. Boyang, how about flex pads? If they come to China, fit into the Chinese system, so what's your advice to them? I would say for flex pads, I would definitely look at two things. First, it's your hard skills, and second is your soft skills. Most of the flex pads have an advantage in terms of soft skills. Because they have experienced the international norm, they have traveled around the world, right? I think that's the value they can bring in. And what is really important for finding a job in China is your hard skills. That hard skill might be that you have a sales experience in a specific industry. It can be that you are an engineer within a specific industry. It can be that you are a programmer that nobody else can replace you. And those are uh, extremely valuable for the uh, Chinese companies. And that's typically the first thing uh, they look at uh, when they hire flexpats. Boyang, you're really special because you're Chinese with experience in Germany and oh, many other countries. Other Haigui coming back to China and they want to be like flexpats. They want to be international and work with their international values. But there is a lot of problems, like you said, integrating into the, uh, the job market. What's your advice? What can Haigui do to really get good job and also to drive their career? I think for Haigui to strive in the Chinese market, you need to have, first of all, a strong local network. This network, well, some people call it Guanxi. I'd rather say it's the relationship within the industry, with your suppliers, with your customers, within the whole supply chain and that is crucial because Chinese corporates typically look at the short-term value that you can immediately bring to the table and without this local network it will be really hard to bring immediate impact. And I think the second thing is the hard skill that I mentioned before. It hard skill makes you irreplaceable within this corporate. It can be you have a specific technical know-how. It can be that you have built up a specific sales network. It can be that you're just famous within this uh, industry. Everybody knows that you're this expert and they come to you, right? And the third thing I think is to keeping that international spirit. The way that you communicate, um, that you can deal with international clients or to understand the international norm within this industry. I think that's the third thing that brings the value to the table in the long term. And that's something that helps you to differentiate from the other local talents. So now we're making a switch. You are an entrepreneur. So you left the safe zone of Allianz Group and you opened your own company. So why did you do that? Yeah, so I've been with Allianz for seven years in multiple roles, um, including five years as a global key account manager within the motor insurance industry. And I will say during those seven years, it was an extremely international environment. I was working with people all around the world and my clients were also from all around the world. Half of my clients were, were Chinese and the other half were Europeans or Americans, right? We always spoke English within the team and with most of my clients. 
that experience really helped me to understand the international norms, especially in the business world, you know, how to treat customers fairly, how to engage with colleagues. But at the same time, I realized that people don't really understand China that well during my personal and career experience. And I've seen that many people still think China is that country 40 years ago, which is extremely poor, where technology doesn't really exist and everybody is still living in poverty, you know, that kind of country. Because of that, I wanted to create Globen. You know, that's the fundamental reason I started Globen, to present the real China connecting the world. I need to rediscover China myself as well, since China has developed so fast and things have changed so much since the last decade. This is the reason why we are creating a lot of fundamental videos about China, such as what is WeChat, such as the high-speed train network in, in, in China, and all these you know, fundamental things that helps people that has never been to China and, and they can develop this basic you know, interest to come to China and to discover this, this amazing country, this huge country. That is why in the end I left this very, very comfortable environment where I had a uh, lifelong contract but I, I decided to start a completely new business a business that is completely different from what I did before but at the end of the day I wanted to make a positive impact I wanted to create something that helps many people and not only a company that you know, generates profits of course but of course, profits are important for a company to survive. Boyan, you started this business with lots of motivation, but then, you know, you're an entrepreneur, so things happened. So how did it go for you and how did you change in the process? As an entrepreneur, I would say that you need to learn every day. Um, to improve yourself every day and collect all the feedback and to develop something new and change the processes. For example, at the beginning when I started filming content, I had no experience at all. So every day I was learning new things, how to edit, how to add audio, etc, etc. And the other thing in terms of change was that at the beginning, we were trying to attract corporate clients, right? We were interested in consulting projects in China and we will be able to pick up those consulting projects to help foreign companies to enter the Chinese market. However, when we did a lot of videos, we realized that there were people uh, approaching us to travel to China. And we realized that that's actually a very interesting and a huge market. So we added travel business. Um, so we today provide what we call the travel consulting, which is an online consulting service where we help you to learn how to use WeChat or Alipay. Uh, we help you to understand the Chinese culture. We help you 24-7 in terms of an emergency happens and you encountered somebody in China that doesn't really speak English, then we will be able to help you to pick up the phone and talk to these people in these, uh, you know, uh, urgent moments. Yeah. So these are the services that we provide to tourists when they travel around China. Uh, recently, we also de further developed this and we call it Travel Plus by, you know, collaborating with other partners, not only in the travel business, but also in other business projects as well. But with partners, 
partnering with other companies within China, we would be able to, you know, uh, deliver much more value to our customers. Recently, we partnered with a Chinese language school in Shanghai so that our clients would be able to combine their tourism trip with learning Chinese, of course, if they're interested in it, right? We wanted to expand our partnerships so that we will be able to deliver more value to our end customers. Boyang, now you're an international entrepreneur. You hire and you grow your team in China. So how do you keep the international culture? Yeah, so in order to keep that international culture, we focus a lot on hiring. So at the beginning, when I started looking for people, I was specifically looking for Haigui people that have at least three, five years of experience abroad, ideally even with working experience, not only studying experience. And I think that really helped the team to be able to understand each other and have the same understanding in terms of values, in terms of how we collaborate together. Today within the team, all of us have at least five years abroad experience, and that makes it very easy for us to communicate internally. We are not only a team within Shanghai, uh, we are also a team around the world through freelancers. Um, we have freelancers working for us in Argentina, in Pakistan, and in Thailand. Uh, together with them, I think we have built a very international team. And where do you see Globen in five years? How do you want to grow the company? So we see Globen as a platform, a door for you to enter the Chinese market. We want to use our social media methods, our content, our YouTube, our LinkedIn posts to attract people that are interested in China. I would hope that in five years, whenever somebody thinks about entering China for the first time, no matter it's traveling or starting a business, I hope that the first thing comes to their mind is Globen, either through their internet search or through their friends, that they heard about this brand and they know this is a brand that they can trust. It's quite interesting because um, in the past, I worked in an insurance company that has more than 130 years, and the core of an insurance company is trust, and that is what we are trying to build. Probably five years is not going to be enough, but that's the target that we are to working towards. That's a fantastic plan. I really like this. Boyang, if you look back on your international career leading to what you do today, what are you really thankful for? First of all, I would say I'm really thankful for the beginning of my career in Germany and abroad. Uh, my line manager and boss were very supportive helping me to uh, develop a career path and also help me to understand myself better. They always give me sufficient time and give me the guidance to do my job in the right way and also to develop a specific skill set. And secondly, I would like to, to thank my family and friends. Entrepreneur is not something easy, I would say. Many, many uh, startups failed and I would really like to thank my family because without them, without their support, I would not be able to start this company, Globen. And I would really like to thank my family for being extremely supportive and along the way supporting me and applauding me and helping me to, and also sometimes giving me suggestions along the way. That's wonderful. I really like this so much. So if other young professionals, both Chinese and Flexpats, and especially the Chinese professionals, if they hear this, what is your message to them? My message to them definitely is travel. I think 
in my last decade of experience, travel is the most important thing that changed my mindset, that helped me learn, to learn from mistakes, to learn from other people's mistakes as well. And I often say that travel is your key to a different door, to help you to understand the world. In Chinese, there is a phrase that says, 行万里路读万卷书, uh, which means that you should read 10,000 books and travel 10,000 miles. But I think in the digital world today, it's even more important to travel. Because of the algorithm that we have around us today, what you read on the digital ecosystems, what you watch in the digital ecosystems are specifically what the algorithm is pushing towards you. So for example, if you're only interested in Chinese news, the algorithm will only push you Chinese news. If you are a Republican, it will only push you what Republicans believe. And that is really, really misleading. And that's why we at Gopen, we want to provide at least a neutral view as possible in terms of the messages that we deliver in our YouTube videos or in our newsletters is to give people a neutral understanding. Because of that experience, I believe traveling is the most important thing because only if you travel around the world, you will understand different opinions. I often get illuminized to approach me and ask me for, let's say, career development suggestions and so. That's the one thing I would tell them, you know, don't be shy and approach me. If you have a good business idea or think that we can collaborate together, don't be shy to pose the idea because as I said at the beginning of this, collaboration is very important. If you don't start talking and don't start exchanging, you will never be able to reach that collaboration to make that partnership work. Thank you very much, uh, Boyan. This was really nice to have you on the China Flexpad podcast. Anyone out there, I really want to repeat what Boyang just said. You can contact him, you can reach out to him, you can ask him about everything he talked about today or just about Germany, US, China, tourism, anything else. If you want to support us, you can give us a five-star rating on any podcast app or you can tell your friends about us. There's so much you can do to support us. Thank you so much, Boyang, to be a guest on the China Flexpad podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Francis. Thank you. Gerne.